Tonight's reading comes from Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not, and do not be drunk on wine. Uh, I'm sorry. Make sure I'm in the right verse here. Ephesians 5 uh, through 17. Uh, yeah, therefore, do not be wise, unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. there'd be no question about its wisdom. Not ultimately, not eternally. Four words. Listen to God's Son. If you want to be wise, if you want to really be smart, listen to God's Son. And a failure to listen to God's Son is the most foolish, unwise thing that we could ever do. Take a moment and turn in your Bibles to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount deals with righteousness. Keep that in the back of your mind, and I will deal more thoroughly with that truth in a moment or two. The Sermon on the Mount deals with righteousness. But really it has to do with hearing, listening to God's Son. Now, look at Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, listening to Jesus listening to God's Son is a question of our treasure. Look at Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Listening to God's Son is a question of our treasure. Will we listen to Him or will we treasure what someone else says or does? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Secondly, look at verses 22 and 23. Hearing God's Son is a question of vision, of insight. Not everyone that has eyes sees well, and not everyone that can't see is blind. Really, that's what Jesus is getting at in this passage. Look at verse 24 of Matthew 6. Hearing God's Son is a question of masters. Who will I follow? You cannot serve God and mammon. 
And then, verses 25 through 34, the end of the chapter here in Matthew 6, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, hearing God's Son is a matter of concern. If we don't really follow Jesus, there's going to be anxieties that come our way that we'll have a hard time dealing with. Sometimes anxiety can be difficult enough to deal with as we look to Jesus in our struggles. But when you look at Matthew 6, 25 through 34, it's dealing with the providential care of God. God provides for those who listen to His Son. Hear God's Son, Jesus. Now, what I want to do is show you from one verse how wise it is to follow Jesus. And the one verse is Matthew 6 and verse 33. Many of you know it by heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Let me take Matthew 6.33 and break it down by way of outline into four fundamental parts. The first part is this. There is an obligation to obey. You see the obligation to obey in one word, seek. Seek. A week or two back, I talked about maybe a woman losing her keys or maybe losing her purse. I talked about a guy losing the remote control to the television. That can really be serious, can't it? You've put out an APB, all points bulletin, until what was lost is found. Seek. There is the idea of intense action because of the value of what is being sought. Now... Go over to Matthew 7 because the same word is used twice in this sermon in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. It says when you pray, you are asking, seeking, and knocking. And that the Heavenly Father is a good giver, far better than earthly fathers. He gives good gifts. And you stop and you think about that in the next verse. Those who seek what? Those who seek what? They find according to verse 8. Isn't that right? Those who seek find. When we with intense desire and action seek God's kingdom and righteousness first, there is going to be a real sense of blessing in our lives because God says that will be true through His Son, Jesus. Seek. 
It's the same word that's used in John 4, 23. You know, 4, 24 of John says, God is spirit, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But John 4, 23 says, for such the Father seeks to worship him. Those who worship in spirit and in truth. Keep your finger there at Matthew 6.33 or your ribbon from your Bible. If you're using a paper copy, but flip over to Hebrews 11, verse 6. We see that word seek yet again. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, Scripture says, Without faith it is impossible to be well-pleasing to him. For he that would come to God must, there's heaven's imperative, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's this intense desire to pursue. There's this intense action in this word. So there is an obligation to follow. Seek. Now looking at this passage, secondly, there's something else that needs to be observed. There is an object in view. There's an object in view. The object in view is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Listen to Jesus. Hear what he's saying. He's talking about the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now a word or two about those two expressions. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God has to do with respecting his authority, respecting his reign, and respecting his will. Respecting his authority, respecting his reign, respecting his will. The kingdom of God is his. And the idea is that sometimes it's our little kingdom, it's our authority, it's our will, but Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His reign, his authority, and his will. Now let me focus for a moment or two on the second expression, and his righteousness. Remember what I said earlier? The Sermon on the Mount is all about the subject of righteousness. All of God's commandments are righteous. Psalm 119, 172. But when you think about the word righteousness, we can think of righteousness in three different ways biblically. Sometimes the Bible is referring to legal righteousness, Brother Bill, and what that would primarily mean is being right with God. And we would think of the book of Romans and justification and redemption, subjects that Will was talking about in the Lord's Supper meditation. So righteousness might have a legal background and it being right with God because after all, he's the king, he's the authority, it's his reign and it's his will. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. But there's also a moral sense we are to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Titus 2, 11 and 12. A right relationship with God 
right living. The Bible uses righteousness that way, right living. And then the Bible uses the word righteousness with the sense of right relationships with other people. And Jim McKay is going to be one of your favorite passages from the Old Testament. What more does the Lord require of you than to do justly, do righteousness, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? Micah 6 and verse 8. And so Jesus is talking about seeking first God's kingdom, his authority, his reign, his will, and his righteousness. So you are right with God, you live right, and you have right relationships with others. And his righteousness. In the prayer of example, Jesus prayed, your will be done. Matthew 6 and verse 10. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, your will be done. Why? Because it's God's kingdom and I want to honor his kingdom and his righteousness. And so Jesus did just that. That brings me to a third thought. Go back to Matthew 6.33. There's not only an obligation to seek, there's not only an object, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but there is an order. Seek blank the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's the word? First. That means first things first. Tom, good to have you with us. First things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That doesn't mean keep it in your things to do list. But in the top ten, it means first. It means that God's authority and reign and will and righteousness are respected by me and by you in every aspect of our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't always do that. I don't always respect his will to the degree Jesus is talking about. Do you? First. First things first. And what I'm trying to get across is when Jesus initially preached this, these words, when he initially preached these words to these people on this occasion, it would have been mighty hard for any of them to feel smug and say, I've got this one covered awfully well. First things first, always. His kingdom and his righteousness. Seek this with great intensity and desire. Well, sometimes I just don't feel like it. Sometimes I'm not sure I want to do that. Seek his kingdom and righteousness first. By the way, if we're going to let Jesus do the talking, and it's always smart to do that, how did Jesus speak of entering the kingdom? The Lord himself spoke of entering the kingdom by water in the Spirit, and what Jesus says is always the wise way. It's always the smartest course to pursue. Faith and repentance and baptism. Listen to Jesus if you want to be in the kingdom of God. Don't try to explain that away, huh? Now, let's move on to a fourth aspect of this verse that we've just taken its structure and looked at it together. 
not only does this verse have an obligation to seek and have uh, an object in view, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and an order first, it's also got a promise. And all these things shall be added to you. Be given to you. The providential care of God will bless you and benefit you greatly throughout your life. All these things will be given, added to you. What things? The treasure of treasures, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 insight and vision as to what really matter, Matthew 6, 22 and 23. You ever know some people that are as smart as a whip? They may have an IQ that's exceptional, that's extraordinary, and yet when it comes to the things of God, they behave so foolishly. Matthew 6, 24, the issue of who and what is mastering your life is settled. And then in verses 25 through 34, my concerns and worries are dealt with because I lay them at the Savior and Lord's feet. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now I said this sermon was about righteousness. Five times Jesus refers to the word. Let's just look at the times. Turn to Matthew 5 and verse 6. Y'all having fun? You'll never be wise without looking at the embodiment of wisdom, Jesus. And no matter how smart you may be, it is unwise and foolish not to hear Jesus and what he says about the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the pursuit thereof. Now, Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's that longing that I was talking about in this morning's lesson. I think it would be fair to say that no one longed for righteousness that's ever lived more than Jesus. Can I get an amen there? No one longed for righteousness, for a right relationship with the Father, with God, for right living, and for right relations with others. Now look at Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those that are persecuted for what? For the sake of righteousness. Now maybe you connect with that if you're a Christian. Maybe even if you're not a Christian, you know what it's like to have to go through some really hard times in your life for no other reason than you are trying to do the right thing. But Jesus again, is the embodiment of one who suffered for righteousness' sake because he did no sin, neither was there guile found in his mouth, yet he died on the cross for our sins so that we might become righteous through him. 1 Peter 3.18. Look at Matthew 5.20. In Matthew 5, 20, Jesus says, Except your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll in no wise enter the kingdom. 
And when he said that, they must have just gasped. Some of the people, because here is the epitome of righteousness. Scribes and Pharisees, the Pharisees were the separate ones. They wanted to be holy. Many of them very sincere, it seems. Like Saul of Tarsus, but wrong. A righteousness that exceeds. Listen to Jesus. Because if there's ever been anyone that had a righteousness that far exceeded that of the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus. It's Jesus. Because he's perfect. He always says what is right, does what is right, thinks what is right. And sometimes the scribes and Pharisees, according to Jesus, left undone the weightier matters of the law, which included things like justice and fairness and a relationship with God and right living and with others that was appropriate. Go to Matthew 6, verse 1. Matthew 6, verse 1. Jesus says, take heed, beware. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to God's Son. Do not do your deeds of righteousness to be seen by men. If that's what you're in it for, you may get the applause, the approval, the pat on the back of fellow men, but not God. And so deeds of righteousness are not done for man's approval, but out of love and devotion and a desire to please God. Nobody has ever lived that could begin to measure up to the standard Jesus set there because, see, he didn't do what he did merely for us to see. And ooh, and ah, look at what Jesus did. He did the things that he did so that he would please his Father and save our souls. We ought to do the things that we do out of love and devotion to God because we want to please Him, the God who saved our souls. Turn to Matthew 6.33 now, last of the five passages that mention the expression righteousness. And we've been studying it for about the last 25 minutes. So in the last five or so minutes, let me just make an observation or two. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Jesus is the one who perfectly complied with that passage. We sing about it a lot. But Jesus is the one that really fulfilled it perfectly. And because of him... We can be part of God's kingdom and we can be made right with God by the blood of Jesus. We can be right with God. We can live right. And we can pursue just, fair relations that please God with others. Wow. What a passage. Listen to God's Son. Young people, hope you were listening.
You're not wise, you're foolish, you're dumb if you're not listening to Jesus. No matter how smart, how talented, how gifted you are, the most foolish thing in all the world is to not listen to God's Son who went to the cross so you and I could be sons and daughters in the kingdom. Who went to the cross so you and I could be right. Now the lesson is yours. What will we do with it? And since I'm not just talking to young people, I'm talking about some of us that are grayer or follically challenged up on top. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Sometimes one text says so much. Let us stand and sing.